This is Al Rivera, lead designer of Star Trek Online, and you're listening to Priority One Podcast. You are now tuned to Priority One Subspace Frequencies, brought to you by Sayulita.com. Sayulita, the galaxy's premier shore leave destination. into a very special edition of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast recorded on Thursday, August 8th, 2013, live on trekradio.net and on site for the 2013 official Star Trek convention here in Las Vegas. Woo! Woo indeed. Woo-hoo indeed. Now, as we all know, when it comes to uh, the live events, as immense as this, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. So, bear with us, because we're going to do our best to pop out a solid show with the latest news from Star Trek Online. But, what we can't get today, we'll try and cover during our other broadcast times. Speaking of other broadcast times, James... That's right, Captains. Priority One will be broadcasting from the Trek Radio booth. A big thanks to Lisa and her team at Trek Radio for helping to make this possible. And Mr. Mustache Mav of Stoked Radio for trekking his way to Vegas with all his equipment and being kind enough to share it with us. So, let's get this party started. Tony, what do we have planned tonight? Well, James, uh, this week we'll trek out the amazing events happening during this year's Star Trek Las Vegas convention. In Stow News, we congratulate the latest winner of the 7th Stow Foundry Challenge. We'll also be discussing Legacy of Romulus devlogs number 35 and 36, which includes a new ship. As always, we'll close the show by opening healing frequencies and reviewing your incoming messages. But wait, there's more! Oh, that's right. With such a major attraction like the Bridge of the Enterprise D right beside us, You can expect that we are going to be very busy with special events, games, and interviews. So, expect your content cup to overfloweth, because it will. Our first major event is about to happen here in just a few moments. That's right, lead designer Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, and his wife will be renewing their vows right here on the bridge of the USS Enterprise D. And Priority One and Trek Radio and Stoke Radio is here to cover the joyous ceremony live right here on trekradio.net. Speaking of content, Captains, we want to remind you that PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just podcasts. For instance, check out our latest post from Andorian team, L and Vinny and Andorpheus, who have an introduction to alien makeup up on our site. Join the team at PriorityOnePodcast.com as our guest bloggers share their opinions, reviews, and news with you and our audience. Send us a proposal to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com and we'll put you in touch with Bill List to publish your gurus. <laughs> to publish what? <laughs> to publish a guru. <laughs> to publish a guru. You know, I've had a guru. That was terrible. Publish your guru. 
Our publishing guru. Yes. It's going yes, to yes, written that. Yeah. No, it's written perfectly well. Our Don't publishing blame me. guru. Don't blame uh, me. Are you trying English again? I, I am. I'm trying to write English again. Want to chat with the crew of Priority One whilst in-game? What about while we're here at Vegas? Just open our chat channel. To do that, just type in forward slash channel underscore join Priority One in your chat box in-game. That's forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One. Keep in mind, you don't have to become a member of the fleet to join the channel. It's just another way you can reach us and talk to us. And I want to say, if you're ever going to do that, this week is that time. Uh, Al Rivera just showed up. Ow! What's this? Say hi, everybody. Uh, hi, everybody. Thanks for coming. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier, Captains, you can listen to us live on trekradio.net Thursdays at about 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern, and you can chat live with us in-game, or you can visit trekradio.net and jump on their IRC chat client, which can be found under the community link. Anywho, let's get ready to tear up Vegas Trek style, starting with a once-in-a-lifetime special event. The renewal of vows for lead designer Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, and his wife on the bridge of the Enterprise D, officiated by none other than Denise Crosby. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Well, Captains, normally at this time I give you some sort of science-y type news and some other type of thing that you should just trek out because, hey, it's awesome. But uh, there's too much real-world awesome going on all around me and for the next three days. So we're going to cover some of the things that we do with, uh, we're going to do with uh, Star Trek Las Vegas. We've got a developer panel, uh, Massively in Trek Radio. We're hosting a Q&A panel session with the STO devs on Saturday, August 10th, 2013 at 11.50 a.m. Pacific Time in the spacious and comfortable DeForest Kelly Theater. Panelists include executive producer Daniel Stahl, lead designer Al, Captain Gecko, Titanium Ass, Rivera, UI artist Thomas the Cryptic Cat Maroney, and community manager Brandon Brandflakes Felzer. Also on the agenda, The Empress Returns. The incredibly talented Denise Crosby joins Star Trek Online lead designer Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, and community manager Brandon Brandflakes Felcher on stage to talk about her role as Empressila in Legacy of Romulus. Massively, Trek Radio, Stoked Radio, and Priority One Podcast will be hosting a Hang In with the Devs event. Uh, attendees are responsible for their own food and beverages. We have an incoming message. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, what's happening? Coming, I think. Who's coming? Who's coming? Denise Crosby. Denise Crosby's coming. My okay. son Jim okay. just told me, um, Denise Crosby's coming. Oh, Why are you guys talking right to the... That's right. Radio. Denise Crosby's walking Denise right Denise Crosby's right walking right by. And we're live. Ah. <laughs> I love that face. She's like, what? Who? What? Who? Yes, you know my name. Yes, I'm famous. Thank you. Yes, thank okay. you. Yes, yeah. Thank you. So here's what you guys can come to expect from us, Priority One, this weekend. With the help of Trek Radio here, broadcasting live, and Stoked Mavs, Mustache Mavs equipment here. A very special thanks to oh, him all for everybody. Sweet, sweet all his, yeah, all his sweet, sweet gear. So Priority One uh, takes the airwaves live from the Trek Radio booth to update you on the latest happenings from the convention hall. So, other than right now, right, because you're listening to us right now. No. And then... That's what you're doing right now. That's what you're doing right now. What else would you be doing? I don't know. You should be listening to us right now. Everyone So other than uh, Thursday evening, um, Friday, August 9th, we will be broadcasting from the booth between 2 p.m. and 3.30 Pacific time. Now, we have a special guest. We have the author of this book that you were talking about. (laughs) He points at me like it's my thing. (laughs) Tony, this thing, I picked up a thing with this lady, and I set this whole thing up. But, Tony, you were there. You were listening. You were watching. Remember the thing? Yes. Oh, Here, let me open up Elijah's doohickey and pull out Elijah's bookmark that he got. 
and I'll read it. Ah, yes. The book yes. is called These Are the Voyages. Yes. The book Gene Roddenberry and Robert H. Justman wanted you to read. Uh, also written with uh, Susan Osborne with a forward by John D.F. Black. And he'll be joining us to talk about his book, uh, how it's been... Uh, widely recognized by Gene Roddenberry and Robert Justman. Uh, he'll be joining us tomorrow to talk more about that, to help us with that interview, the ever-vivacious Terry Lynn of the GNT Show and Podcast UGC uh, will be helping us since GNT Show focuses on authors and books and Star Trek literature and the game. So uh, who better else to join us for that interview than, than Terry Lynn herself? So uh, stay tuned for that. Then on Saturday, August 10th, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we will be again broadcasting live to give you updates from what happened during the Denise Crosby panel. And on Sunday, on August 11th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., Priority One will recap the weekend's events with news from both Star Trek Online panels. So you don't want to miss that broadcast. If you don't follow us on Twitter at, at STO Priority One, if you don't follow us on Facebook, you're going to miss all of that, but you can, you'll can you have the option of uh, listening to us live on, on Sunday, so uh, so don't miss it, all right? Captains, remember, if you discover that you think something the rest of the listeners would enjoy hearing about, please send that over to us at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Let's truck out what happened in Stow News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Look, everybody in the chat room is freaking out. There's a creepy cat. There's a creepy cat. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the first bit of Stone news is uh, Legacy of Romulus, devlog number 35. Now, during our visit with Cryptic Studios, we had the uh, a very exclusive opportunity to see a new ship that had been worked on for the Romulan faction. The new temporal ship seen in our highlight video, which can be found on uh, YouTube.com forward slash STO priority one is one of the two ships that have now become available to the Romulans. The Remor Temporal... I look at Tom, he's, yeah, he's Thomas. He's the official guy. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it <laughs> that Remor? was your cue. Well, uh, Jesse, Jay Heine just watched, walked by. He would uh, probably... He was trying to distract yeah, he, us. Me are good. Me no spell. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the Remor Temporal Science Vessel, the one seen in our video, is available for the Romulan Republic players to win as the grand prize in the Temporal Lockbox and the Mirror Universe... Talvath Temple Destroyer is now available for Romulan Republic players to purchase in the Lobi store. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty of the ships, shall we? Tony, please. I, I'm in the nitty-gritty department. Okay, so the Remor-class temporal science vessel comes with the Tipler Cylinder universal console that can rewind time, allowing your ship to perform a temporal backstep and rewind time approximately 13 seconds. Ship's position reverses, and some of your ship's hull and shield damage are restored. This is the same feature you find on the Klingon and the Federation time ships as well. Additionally, the cooldown and recharge times and all your abilities are reset, so it's a handy thing to have. Now you can have it with your uh, Romulan ship as well. So uh, on the Remor Science ship, we've got a, a Universal Lieutenant seat and a Universal Lieutenant Commander seat, so it's a pretty flexible machine you got there. The three tactical, three engineering, and four science consoles, so it's a 10-console machine that you can uh, tweak out to your best advantage. It says matter, antimatter, warp core, but I think this is going to have a singularity core. No, is it not? It does not, no, as a matter of fact. Oh. It's not. All right, so we okay. commented on it. I'm going uh, to reel you in here. Yeah. So these, the, all right, let's, get, let's talk about the Talbot first before we talk about the fact that these don't have singularity cores. James, why don't you talk to us uh, a little bit about the Talbot class destroyer? Let's talk about the Talbot class destroyer, if I said that right. <laughs> 
it comes with a Mannheim device, universal console, that can create a quantum duplicates of yourself. Uh, it's one from your past and one from your future, for those who haven't seen it. Basically kind of giving you almost, almost a Picard effect in a way, huh? Yeah, I, I think that's a safe way to say it. It gives you the one to shadows you want well, to call another... well, there, There's a spin on it, though, because you have three versions of the ship. You have the past, present, and future version of the ship. Correct. The past version is behind you, the present version is you, and then the future version is ahead of you. All of the damage that the past version takes, the two other versions also take. But if you heal the past version, that heal is also applied to the present and future version of the ship as well. How cool oh, is that, boys and girls? Cool. But I mean, that's something that it is always done. It's I would just been... like to quote Chief O'Brien here. I hate temporal mechanics. <laughs> and that fine ship comes with 33,000 hull, 1.05 shield modifier, crew of 250. We have four weapons in the front, three in the aft, two device slots, and all kinds of bridge officer stations that I'm not going to cover due to time. It does have a base turn rate, though, of 15 degrees per second, and you get the bonus of being able to equip cannons, plus 10 to your weapons, and plus 5 to your auxiliary power, as well as, of course, the Mannheim device. So definitely get your hands on that guy. All right, now, both of these ships come with their own unique bridge layout, which is pretty sweet, but what I find strange is that, like we mentioned earlier, they're not using singularity cores and instead are using warp cores. That, that caught me by surprise because it's antimatter stuff. And we have Jesse Heinig here that uh, just walked by. Uh, he can come in. Yeah, he's gonna, yeah we, we're going to take him to task on this one, sir. Now, here's, here's what the forums are saying about the whole thing. A forum uh, poster on the forums, I thought, put it well. And he said that without something like Cloak, a Romulan's innate subterfuge trait is being put to waste. Umek also noted that the power penalties usually... Right for the the singularity core makes up for added powers in general, and that the power, while occasionally useful, really aren't all that amazing. So, in the reply on the Stowe forums, Brandon had posted that there was concern about balance. Right, that with the singularity, these temple ships were going to be a little too hot. How much of an increase was seen adding that uh, singularity core? Jesse Heineck. Not, not Jesse being Heineck. the guy who made the ships personally, <laughs> I have to speak through second-hand knowledge. But the Singularity ships, part of the idea of the Singularity ships is, since these are lockbox ships, we want there to be a sort of a set expectation about what you're going to get. And the idea is that the Romulan lockbox ship is equivalent to the Klingon lockbox ship, is equivalent to the Federation lockbox ship, as far as the time ships are concerned. So that you don't have to do a lot of mixing and matching and say, well, I had another character with the Federation time ship, but the Romulan ship has different stats, and I don't understand why. This makes it a lot simpler for players to know exactly what they're getting. If you are familiar at all with one of the other time ships, you know what you're getting into. We also felt that, just in terms of the storyline of Star Trek, by the era of the far future, by 25th century standards, it's pretty likely that the Romulans will have adapted to the ability to use standard warp core technology. They're not dumb people, and singularity cores have significant disadvantages, like the fact that you can't turn them off once you turn them on. And these sorts of drawbacks are the kinds of things that they would probably be looking to technologically mitigate. And as we've shown in Stowe, there's been some steps taken toward a, a tentative sort of deal between Romulans and other species toward opening new frontiers and, and talking about technology trades like they did on DS9 where they first gave the Defiant its cloaking device. And so this seems like a likely possibility that also gave us the ability to say, okay, we're going to give you a standardized chip. If you get a time ship from a lockbox, here's what it is, here's what it does. If you don't want to worry about singularity stuff, you don't have to because we've decided to make it so that these ships are all going to have similar capabilities. 
it's really a way of, of minimizing confusion and also giving sort of a, a glimpse at what does the future hold in the terms of the temporal era centuries down the road. And that is a future where, for whatever reason, the Romulans have adopted this sort of technology. Did they steal it? Did they get it through diplomacy? That remains to be revealed, but consider it a, a tantalizing hint. That's the great thing about Star Trek, though. All you need to do is come up with a couple lines of Trachnobalb to cover and just say, for whatever unknown science, technological reason, the warp core was a better choice because it didn't interfere with the quantum flux, whatever capacitor that takes you Point back of order. I will admit to having just done a mini mission where one of the options is give it a good shake and kick it. Nice! <laughs> point, point, point of order, when, when do I get my plasma blow-up stuff and my jumpy around powers for my warp core? Like I have with my, with my singularity core? If the uh, singularity's old and busted and the warp and the antimatter's new hotness, you know, I got a lot of cool toys in my singularity. Well, I, I think, I mean, I, I think the idea is that uh, you trade off some some passive power levels for the ability to use those powers. I think it's even been a long-standing debate in the forums. Now I haven't checked in a while. That are these powers really worth what you're giving up in like HP is one of them, right? And uh, your your general power levels are lower on Romulan ships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the main thing. You take a hit in your power levels, and the Romulan ships tends to be a little less flexible. And, and obviously, people have noticed that their ships tend to be very ungainly and not super maneuverable. The Mogai is, is pretty good, but you know the, the Diderodex right. people have noticed it, it is a beast. It's enormous, bigger than a galaxy, doesn't turn very well. So the Romulans have ships that are a little more sluggish, a little underpowered, and this is kind of a, a trade-off that you have to look at and say, all right, well, from a gameplay perspective, we have a trade-off. We're going to give you lower power levels and alternative abilities that you can trigger. And whether that is the, the gameplay that you want to do or not should inform your decision about whether you pursue ships that have singularity cores or ships that have standard work cores. And even outside of the temporal ships, you have that choice. Once your Romulan chooses an ally, since you can choose to use allied ships, you have access to ships with work cores if you decide that the singularity trade-off is not where you want to go. Good answer. <laughs> thorough answer, sir. Thorough, yeah, we just got okay. thorough answer. Tell me this. Why does the Mako set allow you to go faster in sector space, but the adapted Mako set does not? The adapt you mean the you mean the Klingon side version of Mako that they get? Or no, no, no. They, so like, there's two Mako sets. Right, right, get, right. The, there's the regular, the standard Mako set from the SCFs, and then there's the adapted Mako sets. Why is it with the standard Mako set you get the extra um, sector space speed? Right, you get but the, on the adapted set you don't. My understanding is that the adapted set is essentially the other factions normal set switched faction wise gotcha. so okay. essentially you're getting the Klingon honor guard set except faction switched I gotcha. so it's going to have their power set I gotcha. um, so the standard Mako set has the asynchronous warp drive the yes, Klingon yeah, honor guard yes, yeah. set doesn't it has things like the hot restart on impulse engine nice okay that explains that well. Yeah. I've wondered that for a while. Are you guys, are you guys glad Jesse stopped by? Because I would not have been able to answer any of these questions. Well, you so could have. It just how do you pick been, the colors, it would, it Thomas? <laughs> All right. Well, captains, why don't you tell us what you think? Would these new Romulan ships be too overpowered with a singularity drive? Tell us why or why not in the comments sections for this podcast on PriorityOnePodcast.com or on our Stowe Forum post for this episode. Captains, there's a new feature project for your dilithium base. This special project will be available from around 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time this Thursday, August 8th, 2013, until around server maintenance starts on August 22nd, 2013, or 7 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, whichever is earlier. Run with that. 
That went Foundry Challenge 7 winner? Yes. Is that how I'm supposed to read it? How do I you can read it. Foundry Challenge 7 winner. Where's the emphasis in the sentence? Where do I put the accent? Uh, or Foundry Challenge 7 winner. 7. Mm. Is okay, 7. 7 winner. Congratulations to... I quit! Rimer <laughs> Tamek for winning the 7th Foundry Mission Challenge hosted by Star Trek Online. Huh? Exclamation point. Very good, Law. Very good, very good, Law. <laughs> that is the name. Alpha Flight Faction Federation. Level requirement 31 and up. Mission summary. You have been selected for the prestigious Alpha Flight course, the Federation's most elite pilot training program. Drawn from around the Federation and its allies, Alpha Flight pushes the quadrant's best pilots to their limits. As stakes rise, egos clash, and safety protocols are pushed to the wayside, you realize not everyone is cut out for the course, and only a handful will graduate to receive the golden wings. Will you be another dropout, a line on a memorial plaque, or will you meet the challenge and prove that you are the best pilot the Federation has to offer? Well, Thomas has got to go, so a very special thanks to uh, Thomas, the cryptic cat, for stopping by and joining us today. It's great being here and have Jesse answering all the questions. No, we'll, we'll get you. We're here again tomorrow right. and Saturday and Sunday, so you Hold need on. to and Jesse yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Also, Picard, it's the leg. Thank you. Picard okay. Maneuver. Thomas, <laughs> oh, yes, Thomas is playing with a tribble the whole time like a cat. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank you very much. Is that your cat in your tribble? Yeah, yeah. All right, captains. Well, that wraps up Stone News. Now, we welcome community manager Brandon Brand Flakes Felcher onto the bridge for an on site interview here at the 2013 Las Vegas Star Trek convention. Security clearance level 3 or above is required to access files. This is Captain Benjamin Sisko. Authorization Sisko Alpha 1 Alpha. Logs accessed. Hi, Captain. Hi. We are live. This is Elijah reporting live. Not only from the 2013 Star Trek Las Vegas convention, but live on the restored bridge of the Enterprise D. How exciting is that? I'm thrilled. It's amazing. That button, uh, that's the all destruct. Don't push that. <laughs> Stop touching things, counselor. Stop touching things, counselor. I'm sensing. He's all sensitive and stuff. Anywho, so we are joined by community manager Brad Flakes. Hey. Who has been, I know, has been walking around frantically all over the place since he got here. My so, feet hurt. Your feet hurt. <laughs> and now we're keeping it from dinner, but you know what? I'm sorry. No, you need to. Me from you need to be here, and you need to talk with us because we love you so much. I am so excited to be here. It's like a family reunion every year coming to Vegas, getting to see everyone and talk to everyone, meeting new players who have just started playing the game and players who have been playing since before we launched. It's just an incredible experience. This booth is amazing. I wish everyone out there could be here right now to see it. I'm really proud of our community of Trek Radio, Priority One, Stoked Radio for bringing the bridge out here. And obviously, it couldn't have been done without the support of the community. So you guys should be real proud. Wish you could be here to experience. Hopefully, the videos and pictures um, are getting through uh, Trek Radio massively. They're planning big recaps of everything we talk about. We've got some awesome spoilers to talk about. The dev panel with Denise tomorrow is going to be amazing. We've got the dev panel on Saturday with Dan Stahl, myself, Thomas, and Al Rivera, Captain Gecko. And we've got the Meet the Devs, Hanging with the Devs event Saturday night uh, where players can come out, give feedback, suggestions, just chat and hang out, ask questions. We had a, uh, 
gosh, he must have been like seven years old, come by and said he wants to grow up to be a game designer. So he was talking to one of our content devs that is here, Kate Bankson. She's an amazing content designer, responsible for the Kittimer mission for the Romans as well as Sleepers. We've also got Nick here, who's Taco Fangs or Tumor Boy, known troll for sure. We have Jesse Heinig here. I said Kate. There's eight of us total, myself, and then uh, Noel Holmes, who's the community team manager from Perfect World, is going to be here as well. It's exciting. It's uh, We've got a, the STO family here. Wish everyone could be here. Transporters. We need transporters. I know. I know. We do need transporters. So with everybody here, what does it take to put together a mass trip like this? Because you guys are here officially, right, as yes. representatives oh, yeah. of Star Trek Online. So what kind of planning, how far in advance do you go? I know that you've been working with StarTrek.com. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about that. Gosh, I think we started planning this in February, and it's been that long, you know, getting all the plans together. Yes, StarTrek.com has officially picked us up as their official panels of theirs. The Denise Crosby one, we're on the main stage. That is incredible to be on the main stage to talk about the game with Denise, answer player questions, and then the other panels, the dev panel in the secondary theater, DeForest Kelly. It's amazing to work with them. StarTrek.com is a great partner. CBS as well. They, they do great. It's, it's a lot of planning, uh, but you know it's all worth it. The weekend's going to go by really fast, so anyone that's here, cherish every moment you have here because it's going to go by like that, and you're going to have to wait another year to come back. But. Um, it's true. We're, I think we're going to do a public service announcement for post-con depression. Yes, seriously. It is so depressing leaving because you're like leaving your friends and you're basically your family. We're like all a big family. So I wish you guys, if you have any opportunity to get out here next year or any convention, really get out here. But especially if you come to Vegas, it is the biggest convention in the world. The Rio is amazing. Uh, the venue is fantastic. So Please come out next year if you can. Join us. We plan to be here again. And thank you, everyone, for your support of STO and our community projects like Priority One, Stoked Radio, Truck Radio. Well, thank you so much for putting all that work into getting this together. We know that if anybody deserves a community manager spot, Brandon, it's you. I mean, you're fantastic. You are fantastic with your community. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor. Uh, you know, I'm living my dream. I say that every day, and I mean it. I wake up and I get to experience my dream. If you have dreams, don't give up on your dreams because they can come true. I was nominated for Community Manager of the Year, which I'm. there are some amazing names, uh, some people I look up to greatly that are community managers out there. Uh, so it's, a, it's an honor to be mentioned alongside them. All right, Brandon. Well, thank you so very much for stopping by. I know that you, you've touched a little bit on what to expect during the, uh, inter, uh, the panels tomorrow and in the coming days. I know you can't talk uh, too much more about spoilers. It. Spoiler. Yeah, come oh, on. You got to tell us some awesome spoilers. I mean, not any spoilers right now. Well, can you, give us a give us a bit. Uh, okay, uh, something. Uh, we are going. Well, I'll talk a little bit. We're going to announce who uh, the featured, uh, who the new species is going to be that we're featuring from Voyager. We'll talk about what they're looking after for. Uh, what they're looking for and what the story kind of revolves a little bit. Uh, you'll find out about the Space Adventure Zone. It's a really cool thing that no Star Trek game has ever done. It's canon, though, and you guys will all recognize it when you see it. The fleet holding has to do with it. Everything surrounds, even the reputation, surrounds the story of what's going on. And the story of the future episode will be the bridge between Legacy of Romulus, so it will advance the Romulan Federation and Klingon stories, because we've all we're all at the same place now to where we are and then where we're going to go beyond. So either it could be uh, could be season nine or we could see an expansion already. So it's going to be amazing. 
That's right, captains. Be sure to stay tuned to trekradio.net as well as Priority One Podcast.com. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, that's uh, Trek Radio, uh, at Trek Radio. And then on Priority One is at STO Priority One for pictures, for the latest. You don't want to miss it. You can also follow Stoked Radio at, at Stoked Radio on Twitter. They'll be sure to keep you up to date with the latest news from the convention. Brandon, thank you so very much for spending some time thank sitting you. in the big chair. Engage. <laughs> Take care, everyone. We'll see you later. What we knew is gone. Our home, our lives, all that we were, dust, blasted across empty, heartless skies. But we live. Our legacy lives within every ship we fly, upon every world we touch, in our hearts, in yours. There will be challenge. You will know fear, but you will overcome, you will survive, and as a vengeance with blood, you will do as you must. Rule cannot be handed to the faithless. Our legacy cannot be lost to the villains. Bury the past to face the future. In enemies, find allies. There is no price we have not paid. No loss we have not felt. Our dead world, our long suffering, these are not ends. We are not ended. For your crew, for your people, for this new home, we must face all doubt. We must break the strong who destroy us and overcome the impossible. We must fight against any and all. We must, we will.
tech each one of you, and just so generally, earlier this year, Sergeant Ramon had his very first expansion, the legacy of Romulus. It changed the game forever in how we play it. Not only did the Klingon faction get completely fleshed out and we now get to play, the Klingons who level one through 50, we now have the ability to play the Romulan character and even a demon, which just, and the new content that just came out is spectacular. I want to ask each one of you, what was the hardest thing that each one of you had to work on? What was the biggest challenge? And what was your most rewarding challenge of working on Legacy of Romans? Thomas, you want to go first? Yeah. He probably worked the most. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, for me, uh, I'm the user interface artist, so I handle all of the icons and the, the way the windows look and things like that. So with Legacy Romulus, um, uh, you know, it, go into it, but the, uh, the sheer volume of work that I had to do to not only add a new UI um, with the Romulans, but also uh, we decided that you know, the, the game's UI had been around for a few years, it was getting pretty stale, looked kind of, kind of old, and it also wasn't very Star Trek, right? So uh, not only was, were we adding a new UI for Romulus, we were also uh, completely redoing the Federation between the UIs as well. So the sheer volume of getting all that done uh, was, was an incredible challenge. Um, and I'm extremely proud of the fact that I was able to do it. And uh, I think originally, when we were scoping that out, I thought I would have another UI artist to help me, but, uh, he got pulled off to work on uh, Gateway and Neverwinter, so <laughs> I had to shoulder the burden, but uh, I think it was worth it. And it's incredible. Uh, gosh, I think the, the most difficult thing for me, or most challenging, but so much fun to do was all the blogs. Uh, all the dev blogs going up, working with the team uh, to get them published. Yeah, and some twice a day. So there was a lot of information to get out. It was our biggest expansion. Uh, so uh, I had the opportunity to take most of the screenshots. So that was really fun uh, to be able to go in there and see it for myself for the first time and then be able to, to give it out to you guys. So that was fun. Um, for me, I'll have to say that they're both the same. The, most, the, the biggest challenge and, and the most rewarding was, was the story. Um, we had never taken on so much story before for Star Trek Online. Um, so much uh, intensity of the drama and the, the content, the cutscenes and the missions and the flow. Um, and then weaving that into existing content, do, uh, a little retconning and um, and just trying to capture drama. We had to sell a story where, what did it mean to be a Romulan Republic survivor? There's, there are all in all not that many episodes of Romulans in Star Trek, far more of Klingons, but the, uh, there's not as many as Romulan content. Plus we weren't really doing the Tal Shiar, we weren't doing the, Rom, the Romulan Empire, we we're doing the citizens, the survivors, the guys you saw in Unification, um, and what it was like for them after the disaster of the Hobus Star. And um, trying to and trying to make a reasonable story, how they could reach out to the Federation and the Klingons, and make that have people buy that story. And as we're building the story, we 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 had entire arcs that we just said, this is just not working. This is wrong, and we had to like completely redo some arcs. So that was really challenging, but I'm really proud of it. I mean, we spent hours. I can remember Dan, just us, I, Dan and Christine and I and Scott. Scott, uh, Scott Shishkoff, 
can't even say his name. Shikoff. And Christine Thompson, our lead writer, um, sitting in a conference room, like day after day, like four hours a day, just looking at bullet points and saying, what is this, what's this, what's this? And so that was, um, that was challenging. We really hadn't done that before. I'm really proud of what we, what we did, and we're just gonna continue to keep doing that. Um, yeah, well, and the story, I think, turned out really, really good. I think one of the biggest challenges I think the entire team had is uh, not talking about it. <laughs> because we worked on it for so long that uh, it was very difficult to, even last year when we were here, uh, kind of hold our tongues about what we were working on because these expansions can be so big and it's such a, a huge undertaking that uh, not being able to tell the public what exactly we were doing and, and where all the development hours were going. Uh, and, and even now, as kind of a hint, I mean, we're not going to be talking about all the things that we're working on right now either. Uh, and so that's, that's always a challenge because uh, we know where, where the game's going, but you don't always know where the game's going. And we try to be as transparent as possible, but sometimes, uh, sometimes we have to keep some things close to our best because we're still working on deals, still working on approvals, uh, those, those sorts of things. Uh, but one other challenge was just lamenting over uh, the fate of Alexander. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry, I won't do that. I over that quite a lot. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the structure of today's um, uh, panel. Uh, you commented that bridge officers will have more history and voice. How will that make to break into the experience of other MMOs? Well, uh, we've, we've started to do this uh, with the expansion, uh, being able to add bridge officers who actually have a persona and a character. I think Tovan Kev with Romulans uh, is, a, is our first good example of how we have evolved the way we look at bridge officers and how they can be part of your gameplay, part of your story. So moving forward, I think we, we are looking at ways to build characters that are part of your crew that have a voice and can be part of episodes and really form a relationship with you so that when you're making decisions as a captain, you have that Spock or that Bones uh, character who's sort of in your ear saying, here's my opinion on that, and uh, really helps you uh, flesh out the fact that most decisions as a captain aren't cut and dry. You oftentimes have to make decisions uh, that might make someone upset. And so being able to have those kind of character traits to bridge officers is something that we've been working on. And I think Tobacco is a good, uh, successful example of that. Uh, in addition, uh, one of the things that we're looking at is uh, ways to make uh, our duty officers, which are the other uh, sort of crew members on the crew, more active in a part of uh, ship management. And that's some of the uh, things that we were looking at for increasing sort of the functionality of our duty officer system in the future. Uh, some of the stuff that we, we kind of mentioned with Gateway, which is our, our web portal presence. And looking at what they've been able to do in our other team, everyone with their, uh, with their professions, we're looking very closely at what we can do with both bridge officers and duty officers in that, in that line. Awesome. Uh, Al, season eight is set to be released by the end of the year, introducing a new space adventure zone and deadly adversary. What can you tell us about the new content and enemy and PC? Um, okay, um, so right before we release season eight, there's going to be in, uh, in September, we'll be releasing the, the uh, featured episode that will uh, kind of bridge the gap between what's uh, the 
Legacy of Romulus and the next season, next, uh, uh, season eight. Um, so once you finish that episode, this is some concept art of, uh, of what you're going to be doing. I, when we put some of this online, I think we've, we've, we've put some, some of these screens from one. Over, just one. Yeah. I'm actually curious to see if anyone can kind of guess what, what it is. Not you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have any guess? I see one out there. It, it is the Voth. So, yes, you and these screens, um, that's, that's, that's kind of off. There they are. So, um, the, the, uh, season eight is going to be end game content. It's going to be, um, it's, it's going to be, um, there'll be a ST, not an STF, there'll be a couple, uh, five NQ, there's going to be a, a Ground cube. Now there's going to be the big thing is this: we are putting you inside a Dyson sphere. So your content, you'll be exploring the inside of a brand new unknown Dyson sphere and going up against the Voth and understanding the mysteries of what's going on inside there. So we've got there will not be any sector space in in season eight. You're going to be, it'll be a brand new space adventure zone, giant, giant adventure zone, flying over the surface, the inside surface of the Dyson Sphere um, with other starships um, battling Voth and other unknown aliens and then beaming down to the surface of the Dyson Sphere and exploring, exploring the mysteries there. Um, and that's about it, I think. Yeah, I, I think the, the things that are most important is we're, gonna, we're trying a few new things in season eight. One of the things that's uh, on, on the, the top of the list is a battle zone. And a battle zone for us is, is different than anything we've done before uh, because it's bigger than an SDF. It's, it's sort of bigger than what we've done on the Ferry Nakara. It is essentially uh, an a objective-based persistent map. So think of it as the Voth have controlled a section of, this, of the Dyson Sphere, and you will have to go in with a couple of your bridge officers and up to 10 other players with their bridge officers, and, and you'll have to fight the Voth back. 20. Oh, it's 20 now. 20 wow. men, it's yeah, 20 men and two bridge officers. So, so quite a huge battle going on with map objectives that are, that are real-time persistent. So if one group takes uh, part of the sphere, uh, it'll be under your control for a certain amount of time and get bonuses and benefits from that. But if everyone leaves and leaves that part of the zone unchecked, the Voth will retake it. So it's sort of a mini territory control battle zone going on within the sphere itself. So we're really excited about that. That's probably the big award for both of us. I'm not sure we're going to say too much about it. Yeah, one last question for the audience today. Um, it's been said that featured episode series, Advancing the Iconian Plot, will be published before season eight releases. Can you give us any details? Yeah, sure. That's uh, Right before, that's kind of the bridge episode. It's kind of the, the episode will, in the story, take place at the end of the Romulan reputation arc. So there's five, there's, there's like five story points and five missions that are part of the Romulan reputation arc. Um, that we're releasing this last one. You won't have to, when we release it as a featured episode, everybody can play it. You don't, there'll be no level restriction. Um, for the for that for that uh, during the during the featured time, and it is a, uh, a story about 
the Iconian gateway that is, at the, that is found underneath, buried underneath New Romulus, the new planet, um, and what happens when the players go through that and what they find. Um, and, uh, and, and that, and what you find is what's going to, and, this, and what, you, what you discover is what's going to lead you to season eight and the Dyson Sphere, which is very far away. Do we want to say here it is? No, but it's very far away. It's very far away. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll, you'll find out by uh, next year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's about all we really want to say about the featured episode at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be in September, is that right? Yep, so September, end of September is when the featured episode is coming up. Uh, we're still at, very much at work on it. Um, we're, we've got some special surprises that we're still holding back on uh, that we hope to be able to talk about in the near future. So keep an eye on the blogs uh, because we're, we're going to be announcing some, some cool things hopefully in the next couple months. Uh, and, and then again, season eight coming up. And then following that, go straight into our winter event, and we'll, which has been revamped for this year. Uh, and then straight into our fourth year anniversary. So four years of Star Trek Online going going really, really strong. And we'll have more people to And uh, if, if the player poll that we posted online is any indication, it looks like we're going to be doing some Voyager content in the next year. So we're really excited about that. Well, oh, I'm sorry. I, just, I don't think you understand the, the massiveness of the inside of this Dyson sphere when you can see some of these screenshots. Those pillars are coming out of the atmosphere, and so they're just these massive, massive pillars. And you're going to be flying in like this ionosphere, coasting over the over the interior of this Dyson sphere. Does everyone know what a Dyson sphere is? <laughs> I yeah, it's, 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 Ringworld has nothing on the Dyson Sphere. Uh, the Dyson Sphere is introduced, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a theoretical concept by a scientist named Dyson, and they put it in TNG, and it's an it's a, it's a artificial structure of uh, the diameter of, the, uh, of the, uh, the orbit of the Earth around a star. So the internal surface area is about, was it like 2.8 billion Earths? So it's a massive, massive structure. Um, you probably won't be able to see all of it, <laughs> but we've got a big chunk of it in which we'll be exploring. So it's a, it's a very new uh, type of environment and gameplay, so we're very excited about it. And if you, you've seen Halo, this is Spiro. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen, so thank much you. for joining us. Everybody, want to take a look at Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Alright, so this is feedback for episode 135. Sean Newboy writes, Awesome show, guys. Whoop, whoop. For the community on getting the bridge to Vegas. Maximus Rex writes, How do you make fleets easier for small fleets without making it too easy for large fleets? That seems to be one of the sticking points, and the community has certainly had a dearth of good ideas that wouldn't be easily exploitable. So I'm not saying they shouldn't look at it or make changes, but players seem to think it's an easy problem to solve when it's clearly not. I still say they better make a fleet holding that transfer stuff. Our next one comes from Locutus, who says, Another fine episode, guys. Nice work. Love the jokes and bloopers at the end. Keep it coming, boys and gals. Oh, you know we'll keep screwing up just for you, Locutus. Santa Skyrad writes in, Damn those Vulcans, they hold us back. 
We will NASA learn. We've got an engine that works now. What five? No more tests. Yes. Well, I, I really think they're going to make something. I, it, would, it would surprise me very greatly if they don't either say this is all a wrong thing or big news soon, I hope. All right. Again, we want to thank everybody. Captains, we want to hear from you. Do you have an idea for this show? Did we talk about something that got you thinking? Well, send us your thoughts and feedback to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or catch us on Facebook, Twitter, or the Star Trek online forums. All right, Captains. Well, that wraps up our very special episode of Priority One Podcast, broadcasted live on Trek Radio on Thursday evening and expect an edited version on Monday. Do we have time for Eric Allen Hall to, yeah, to stop absolutely. on in? You're still alive. I know we're still alive. That's fine. <laughs> we're going to get Eric Allen Hall in here. Uh, best known for his amazing cosplay. It is fantastic. Here we have Law and, uh, and Data, father and daughter. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you. So talk to us a little bit about prepping for, you know, you've been at several conventions. I know I've seen your picture all over the place. Yes. How many costumes do you have? I don't have an exact count. I would estimate around 110 or so. Ah, wow. Now, just Star Trek, or do you go across the gamut? Yeah, I, I go across the, the landscape. I've got lots of comic book costumes as well, a couple of Star Wars costumes, uh, Indiana Jones, things like that, too. All right. And um, and now, Adrienne, you're a cosplayer. How many costumes do you have? Uh, I have quite a lot, and they're continuously growing and morphing bit like Frankenstein, some pieces will become other pieces. So, And there's always something in the stage of being created. Awesome, awesome. Now, did you guys reach out to each other and, and talk about you coming in as Law and, and, and of course, Data? You're always, I always see you as Data. Yes. Because you do, you, you have an uncanny resemblance to Brent Spiner. So seeing you walk around is fantastic. Thank you. Um, did you guys collaborate a little bit? Did you guys reach out to each other? No, well, I, well we decided to, to meet... Um, chat a bit on Facebook, and uh, I wanted to bring him into Priority One for the interview and uh, see if he was interested in a bit of our um, community fun, and uh, he said yes. So we started chatting, and I said I was thinking about making a LOL costume, and he said, if you do, I would love a photo with you, and I said, oh, that absolutely motivates me even more so. so. That is fantastic. It's unbelievable, because you really look like the actress that, that played Law. You do her much. Yes, she's, and most certainly. It's, it's really, it's really uh, unbelievable. So um, so what are your plans for the rest of the convention? What kind of costumes can we expect you to be in? Tomorrow I am debuting Frank Hollander, and I've got friends who are coming as Durango and Sheriff Wharf, and my son is going to be Deputy Alexander. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. And I know you, you have another costume plan, right? What do you, who are you coming in as? I will also be a Stowe-inspired Romulan tomorrow, as well as my Frankie Darsluga, which you know because she was first at Priority One podcast. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yes. And she's also in the game Stowe as well, so you can find her there. That's epic. That is epic. Fantastic. Well, guys, thank you so very much for stopping by. Be sure to stop in again periodically. Where we'll be broadcasting here through uh, the Truck Radio Airwaves all throughout the weekend. All right, guys, thank you so very much. A very special thanks to Mustache Map of Stoked Radio for lending Woo-hoo. us his equipment. Without him, uh, none of this, of course, would have been possible. All right, don't forget, you can catch us on trekradio.net every Thursday from 5.30 Pacific and 8.30 Eastern. Captain's got something to say. Join our team as a guest blogger on PriorityOnePodcast.com. If you have other skills you believe could enhance our content, then reach out to us via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. 
As you know, we love hearing from you, our listeners. If you have a suggestion, idea, or topic for our Trek It Out or Field Notes segment, or you have feedback for the show, you can reach us with our online form on the Priority One website via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com, Facebook, or Twitter us. And fleet member or not, you can always chat with the team by joining our in-game chat channel. In your chat box, just type slash channel underscore join Priority One. You can get up-to-the-minute news from Priority One Podcast by visiting our social media websites. Head on over to www.facebook.com slash Priority One Podcast and give us a like or check us out or leave us a message or whatever you want to do. You can also get over on Twitter and check us out at at Stow Priority One for showtimes and other cool stuff. Priority One is brought to us by the generous donations of listeners like you. Thanks again to everybody that helped us uh, with the Indiegogo project and got us here to Vegas. We couldn't have done it without you all. Please visit PriorityOnePodcast.com to find out how to continue to support the show. A very big thank you again to everybody who helped get our Indiegogo project over the hill. Everybody who retweeted, everybody that donated, thanks so much. Captains, a very special thanks to the entire team of Cryptic Studios who is here right now. Congratulations to Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, for renewing his vows on the bridge of the Enterprise. Thank you to Brandon for stopping by, talking with us on the bridge uh, as he sat in the captain's chair. Again, uh, to Thomas Maroney, Cryptic Cat, and Jesse Heinig, again, for stopping by and talking to us during Stow News. Thanks to the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our art director, Alex Calderwood. Our audio engineer and web developer, Lennon Rich. Thanks, Scotty. Justin Lowmaster, our audio assistant. To our community manager, Adrienne Grady. Thank you for stopping by. Dressed up as Lau. A.K.A. Lau. And the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. A special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com. Our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. And, of course, the Star Trek online community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. That's right. Lead designer Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, and his wife will be reviewing. Now, let's get ready to tear it. Yep. Let's get ready to tear it up, yo. Let's get ready to tear this place up, son. Anywho, it's a little jersey. It's a little jersey. Sorry. Tone it down. Actually, let me let me cue up some music. Why don't you guys say something? Say something to the people out there. Something, people out there. Hello, people out there. We're going to say something to you, and you're going to listen to it because really, what else are you going to be doing? Never mind. These people, these these guys <laughs> suck at their job. I'll be right back. Do not. I'll be right back. Shut up. Uh, Elijah, do I have to read all the stats? No, I'm just any some of the important things, maybe. Okay. The 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 lieutenant. Oh you no! Know. I almost dropped my tablet. I got all scared. Don't be scared. For all we know, everybody here is watching going, those are the faces I listen to every week. That's it. Okay. 
or on our Stowe Forum post for this episode. Woohoo! What is episode? This. <laughs> Adrienne she is dressed did up that in so you have to, well. We have to get. Yeah, we have to get yeah, you. She, uh, she, everybody needs to see this costume. Yeah, can, can you? So well. come around, if you come around like right there, yeah, that's the best view. If you come around like right behind right. this, uh, watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Behind watch out! Don't watch out. Die. Oh, not the green screen. Don't die! Not allowed. Do not disassemble. <laughs> not disassemble. Not Johnny disassemble. Five alive. Disassemble dead. I'm going to keep blocking uh, James from the live stream view, if that's okay with everybody. I feel better about that. Okay, <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right. I would, I would not lick that if I were you. <laughs> Too many germs? Too many germs. <laughs> Too many germs. told me about germs. <laughs> now, we welcome Community, Bra- community Brandon. Community Brandon. Community Manager. All right. Well, what is Captain. Community Brandon? <laughs> All right, captains. Well, that wraps up episode, our very special episode. Lo- oh, Jesus Christmas. Well, captain, captain. What is captain? Cap- captain. What is captain? Sh-